Uh, last time we got together, we talked about <laughs> abiding relationships. And two of them that we talked about last week was abiding in the Word of God. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, where Jesus is talking to those who believe on him. And he said to them in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now the interesting thing is, we asked the simple question, and that was, okay, so if you continue, and that word continue is the same word translated abide. And some of the definitions that were given last week, abide to dwell with, to continue in, to inhabit, all of that kind of thing, remaining. If you abide in the word, then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So the question that was asked is, okay, well, how much word do you need to know to finally get to truth? Does that make sense? Okay. If, if I'm going to continue in the word, then at what point am I going to get truth? And we looked at John 17, where Jesus is talking to the Father, and he says, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. So what Jesus is telling those who believed on him is, if you continue in the word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The word that you're continuing in is truth. And that in and of itself is tremendous because oftentimes people think of, oh, I don't want to get into the Bible. I don't want to study. You talk about Bible study. You talk about no Bible study for. I ain't ready yet. I ain't ready and all the other kind of things you can come up with. And what they're saying and don't realize they're saying is, I don't want to know truth. I'm, I am satisfied living like I'm living. That's what they're saying. I'm satisfied right now with what I'm doing. Well, do you know what you're doing is based on a lie? What you're talking about is a lie. Ain't no lie. I'm doing what I'm doing, and that's a real thing to me. Yeah, but God says that his word is truth. And if you don't have his word, you ain't got truth. Well, if you ain't got truth, the opposite of truth is what? A lie. A lie. So you're working on a lie. You're living a lie. Wow. And somebody may say, well, that's rough, Pastor Joe. Hey, God's got to do what he's got to do to let you know what truth is. And not only that, turn over to 2 John. 
This is just one more scripture dealing with abiding in the word and the significance behind it. Second John, that letter that John wrote to the elect lady. Second John. And look at the first, uh, well, let's look at the first three verses there. And it says, let's read it together. If you have the New King James, let's read it out loud together. Second John, beginning at that first verse, down to verse 3. It's only one chapter in Second John. All right, let's read out loud. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth, because of the truth, which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Isn't it interesting? We looked last week at the Holy Spirit over in John 14, 16, I believe it was, where it says, and he will... Give us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us for how long? Forever. Forever. And God emphasized that to us last week. Here we find, I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth, because of the truth which abides in us, and will be with us forever. So if the word of God is truth, and this says the truth will be with us forever, which abides in us and will be with us forever. So the word of God, which is truth, as we abide in the word, and the word abides in us, the truth, which the word is, will be with us forever. Now, you may say, well, what is that? So what? Why would it be necessary for God to even intimate that the word or the Holy Spirit would be with us forever? If we ain't going to live forever. Did you hear what I said? Amen. So in other words, God is already intimating, letting us know that his intent is for us to live forever. And with that, he's letting us know, I'm covering you. Now, yes. forever, Amen. the relationships that I'm telling you about that you need to abide in, continue in, remain in, dwell in, are those relationships with those entities or things that I'm giving you forever. Forever. 
In other words, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven. God's desire is that you have heaven on earth. So what we're looking at right now are things that God wants you to abide, have an abiding relationship forever. Lord have mercy. You get the picture? Are you getting the picture? The house that you purchase or the apartment you're living in at some point could decay, break down, need repair. Isn't that true? Yes. And you got to either spend money, call somebody, do something to keep it up. God is giving you relationships <coughs> that will abide forever. Amen. His word, which is truth. Truth that will be in you forever. The Holy Spirit. He gives you to dwell in you forever. I know. Hey, okay. Pastor Joe, I hear what you're saying. I'm excited about it. Yeah, because you know, I'm going to live forever. Wow. Isn't that nothing? And we, you and I, have truth. We can walk in it. The world doesn't know it. And they're walking in a lie. But we don't want to make them uncomfortable by telling them truth. I mean, you know, God forbid. It's not appropriate. It's not politically correct. I don't know where they're coming from. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. So, so they're living a lie. And what? What difference does it make to me? Because, you know, I, I know truth. And I know truth. The, the truth that's in me will be with me forever. And of course, I got a relationship with the Holy Spirit, because the Word says that the Holy Spirit will be with me, dwelling in me forever. So I got it made. So what about John? What about John? He don't. He don't want change. He don't want. You know. He don't care. So suppose God said that about you. Instead of sending somebody your way, he just said, hey, don't worry about Barita, don't worry about Dottie, uh, uh, don't worry about Bernie, and, and hey, don't even be concerned with David or, or Purvis. You know, don't even worry about them. Because they're living a lie, and so let them just keep on living a lie, and uh, 
So the wrath of God will be on them, but don't, even, don't be concerned about that. As a matter of fact, I'll just let them self-destruct. So I don't even have to have a master plan of sending my word, wrapping my word in flesh to die for their sins. Just let them keep on doing what they do. I don't want to upset anything. Where would we be? Where would we be? And yet, all of us have been exposed to truth. And we're finding out, if didn't know it before, that that truth that has been revealed to us through the Word of God will be in us forever. In us forever. Let's look on. Because we talked about the Holy Spirit last time and we talked about the Word. Go over to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. In this abiding relationships, John chapter 15 begins with a little discussion about the vine and the branches. And Jesus is speaking. And he starts off in verse 1 of John 15, making some observations. And let's look at those. <coughs> let's begin. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. But let's stop right there. Look at the relationship here that Jesus is sharing with us. He identifies, first of all, himself as what? The true vine. And he says, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Wow. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So in other words, if we're not bearing fruit, we run the risk of being what? Taken away. Wow. If we're not bearing fruit, we run the risk of being what? Taken away. Somebody says, well, what fruit do I need to be bearing? It ain't apples, y'all. But you can bear fruit by sharing the word of God Amen. with others. 
Amen. Is that not true? Yes. You don't have the responsibility of them making a decision to accept Christ or change their ways. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to sow the seed or water what's been sown. Amen. God will give the increase. But our responsibility is not to be complacent. Our responsibility is not to be satisfied because I got it. Because when you get that way, you run the risk of being taken away. But if you're bearing fruit, it says that he will prune you. Well, I'm no farmer and I'm no gardener. But from what I understand, that the pruning process is done where you <coughs> cut away some of the dead branches or something like that so that new shoots can come out and bear more fruit. Is that, is that it in a nutshell? Okay. So then when we are being pruned, we want to take it as, oh God, why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me? Sometimes it's so you'll bear more fruit. Amen. Because then he goes on and says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So you're telling me that the word that Jesus speaks cleanses us. So you're telling me the word, if I continue in it and abide in it, and it abides in me, it's cleaning me. You mean I ain't got to go to the laundromat, to the washing machine? <clears throat> the word that he speaks cleans us. Wow. Think about it. So when the person has a challenge and they want to stay clean, or get clean. The word. Amen. The word will clean you. Yes. Wow. My goodness. Then stop there. It says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So there's a relationship there of you abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in you. Then he goes on to verse 5. Let's continue reading. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. 
For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. But he also said up there, He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. Which means... Those things that we've been trying to do without him don't amount to anything when it comes to the judgment day. When it comes to the judgment seat of Christ, if you haven't done them abiding in him and he abiding in you, it will be burned up. Because he says you can do nothing without abiding in me and I abiding in you. Now that's an awesome observation. Wow. Now in other words, we say it over and over again, God never intended for man to live this life without him. I think this is a classic illustration confirming <coughs> that. Because he said, through Jesus, you can do nothing without me. So anything you're doing without him, chalk it up. Chalk it up. Because it won't count for nothing. It's going to be burned out. That song that they used to sing, only what you do for Christ will last. Only what you do for him will be counted in the end. i like to add a caveat with that. Only what you do abiding in him and he abiding in you will last. Because supposed to be doing a whole lot of things for Christ. And I'm doing this for the Lord. And I'm doing that for the Lord. And I'm doing this for the Lord. Well, did the Lord tell you to do this? Come on, Pastor. Come on now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because the scripture talks about a group of folks who are going to show up and say, didn't we do this in your name? And didn't we do that in your name? And all the stuff they're talking about is good stuff to be done, as far as we know. Laying hands on the sick and doing this and casting out demons and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it looks like that should have been A+. Plus. And Jesus says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't even know you. Wow. Where did they miss it? Wow. Where did they miss it? <laughs> But not only that, let's look at what he says right after that, which we stopped at verse 9. Let's begin on verse 9, and I think we'll see a connect. 
Let's read 9 and 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So if you want to abide in God's love, Jesus says, keep my commandments. The same way that I abide in my Father's love by keeping His commandments. Everybody wants to think of the Ten Commandments and try to keep those, you know what I'm saying? If I can handle those, if I'm okay. Jesus has said, the same way my Father loves me, I love you. And he says, the Father loves me because I keep his commandments. The same way the Father loves me, I love you. I keep my Father's commandments, and he loves me. The same way the Father loves me, I love you. Are we fitting into the equation? Are we keeping his commandments the way he keeps or kept the Father's commandments? He said, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So if you want to abide, dwell in, reside in, remain in God's love or Jesus' love, then you have a responsibility to keep his commandments. And you won't know them if you're not abiding in the word and the word abiding in you. You won't have the wherewithal to even begin to do it if you don't understand that he's given you the Holy Spirit to dwell in you forever. And he's your helper. He's your strengthener. He's your standby. He's your counselor. He's your intercessor. He's the one who can enable you to get it done. That's why Acts 10.38 uh, says, And Jesus, who was anointed with the Holy Spirit, so Jesus operated not because he was just Son of God, but because the Holy Spirit was dwelling in him. Did you hear what I said? Yes. So he becomes an example for us a model for us. So God didn't e leave you unequipped that you couldn't adhere to the model, the prototype that he produced. 
Are you following what I'm yes, saying? Yes. He's given you everything he gave Jesus. Yes. Wow. And if you're not functioning in it, there's another verse here. Look at uh, John chapter 6. Go back to John chapter 6 for a minute. John chapter 6. Actually, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 36. <clears throat> it says in John chapter 3, verse 36, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. The whole key is that we have to accept Jesus Christ as to who he is in order to even experience life. Wow. And not just to experience life, but to then have an abiding relationship with Him and He with us. So thus far we've looked at the word, which is truth, and it abides with us forever. We looked at the Holy Spirit that's been given to dwell in us, and he will be with us how long? Forever. forever. And Jesus made an uh, observation, <coughs> even at the end, I believe it's the end of Matthew. <coughs> in Matthew 28, let's look at that just for a moment. In Matthew, at the end, he says, and Jesus came and spake to them. I'm down at Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. So Jesus is with us until the end of this age. And we're going to be with him forever. Yes. So the relationships that we're talking about here are those that are intended to be forever. Wow. We'll pick up here next week. Amen. Amen. We're just sharing in bits and pieces. Why? Because we want to make sure you get it. And I'm going to do my best to put these messages up on the sermonette. Because last week's message was tremendous. I listened to it this morning. And uh, I had to sit in awe.
on what the Spirit of God shared. Amen. <laughs> and at the same time, it's no accident that he's going this way. Because what he wants us to do is abide in those relationships that will endure forever. He's not waiting till you show up in heaven. You understand what I'm saying? He's giving you enduring relationships now. If the word he speaks to you cleanses you and he said I'll say this and I'll put it on the tape next week. Look at John 12 for a minute. John 12 verse 46. John chapter 12 verse 46. John chapter 12, verse 46. Let's read it together. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Did you see that? It can lift off the page to you. Jesus says, I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Should not abide in darkness. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Should means you don't have to. Right? But it also gives some options. In other words, you can abide in darkness. But I'll come as light into the world that you should not abide in darkness. Which means, if you're going to abide in my love, you have to keep my commandments the same way I abide in my Father's love and keep his commandments. In other words, Jesus is saying, if I said to the Father, when the Father said, it's necessary that you go and die for the sins of the world, and it comes down to the Garden of Gethsemane, and I know what's coming down the pike, that I'm going to have to take on the sins of the world, and it's almost imminent, because now is the hour at present, and I said, Father, if it be possible, can we do this thing another way? And he says, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. It came down where the rubber met the road. And Jesus could have said, hey, Daddy, I love you, but I ain't taking on all this sin. I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm out of here. But when the rough place came, he demonstrated 
that he was abiding in the Father's love because he did what the Father commanded. Even though, come on y'all, even though he came up with a question saying, is it possible to do this thing another way? Wow. You got another trump card that you can play other than me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Nevertheless, not my will, but my will be done. Thank you, Jesus. Can we even, in the minute way, <coughs> understand when we get in the rough places of life, And we want to do it our way. We want to handle it our way. Have we ever thought about checking in with God? Jesus. And find out, God, what do you want? Yes. Yes, Can you imagine? Those Christians in the early church who were brought to the arena or brought before the authorities and simply said, if you denounce Jesus of Nazareth and your life will be spared, can you imagine not just the common folk but the wealthy folks who had all the estates, <coughs> all that wealth, and they identified being Christian. They would go out to the catacombs to worship with other believers. And the government authority rounds them up. And here is Senator so-and-so. And he goes before the emperor. Senator so-and-so, I understand that you were out in the catacombs. Are you one of these people in the way? And the senator could have said, oh no, I was just out there. One of my servants had me go out there. But no, I'm not in the way. I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in this Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he could have kept his possessions. And he said, Yes, I am. Mm. I believe that this Jesus is the Messiah. Is the one the prophets said were coming. Yes, the emperor says, Do you know if you don't denounce him, we will take all of your estate and put you in the arena to be eaten by the lions. Mm -hmm. The same arena that you would sit in and watch the gladiators fight in. You'll go there. All you have to do is deny him. Denounce him.
as I believe, I'll live forever. Mm. Mm. Wow. I got his word abiding in me. Come on, Pastor. And I believe mm. that that word is truth. Yes. And it'll be in me forever. Do with me what you must. Everybody, are we getting it a little bit? Yes. I know it's challenging, and I wish he had said it another way. Mm. But he didn't. Mm. The senator gave up an abundance. 